1: Hello and welcome to the latest Everything is Black and White podcast in association with eToro. I'm Sean McCormick and I'm joined here at Pitchside of St James's Park by Lee Ryder, Chief Sportswriter at The Chronicle. A win for Newcastle at Daily and an absolutely fantastic performance as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, Amiron quite rightly gets all the headlines today. He got a stand ovation when he went off. I'm n- it's been a long time um, at St James's since you've had that level of excitement. When he burst through and went clean through and hit the post, it was yeah. just unbelievable. It was a throwback to, you know, days gone by. Um, but overall it was a proper team performance 29 attempts on goal yes it was against 10 men for, for a large part of the game but nevertheless the way Newcastle went about the business they created lots of chances Almiron was as I say running the show but Rondon and Perez got the vital goals I mean the only complaint if you have been hypercritical is they didn't score more but uh, how often do we have that uh, as a problem on a Saturday night?
1: Well, that's it I mean we'll touch on the performance a bit there now Lee, as well because I mean, it was just Huddersfield but I don't think you can take that away from Newcastle as you said there it's been a long time since we've come away from from a game of that as excited as performance as that was yeah
2: let's remember Huddersfield actually started this game well Um, they they pushed Newcastle they had a couple of dangerous moments in and around the box uh, but then I think they, they panicked a bit with Almiron and they went from fair means to foul means and you know, crunched him in the centre circle that changed the game, it was definitely a red card about time Newcastle had a, an opposing player sent off, it's been many years since that happened um, but thankfully they got um, exactly what they wanted out of the game clean sheet as well doesn't do Dubravka's uh, confidence any harm if, if ever anyone doubted it at all And you know, we just can't wait for the next game now against Burnley
1: So, anyway, Lee, as I was saying there, we just, you've just seen Miguel Armour come out of the, uh, <laughs> come through the mix zone there, but unfortunately, his English wasn't enough for him. I <laughs> have a quick chat with him. But, I mean, as debuts go, we're having a discussion in the press room there. You've got to think back to Likes some Musa Soko, apparently, CC, to remember a home debut as good as that, as yeah. what we saw from Miguel Armour yeah. this afternoon.
2: Yeah, it was brilliant. And every time you got the ball, the crowd just started purring a bit, and it's just something Newcastle have lacked. In, in yeah. recent times, um, didn't matter where he got it on the pitch, he knew he was going to cause a problem, and you know, hitting the post, forcing the keeper into good saves. Um, he's just going to be the type of player I think that suits Newcastle. And you know, you've seen the flags before the game. That was a nice little moment for him as well. Hopefully, now um, he can
1: build on today. day. I mean, away from Almiron, because I mean, we don't want to just make this the Almiron podcast, but <laughs> there was a lot of good performances to, to comment on today. You, you mentioned Jose Perez and Salman Rondon there getting among the goals. I mean, Perez and Almiron seem to link up really well. And as yeah. a three, obviously, they're all Spanish-speaking. It was the first time really they've played together, but they look like they've been playing together for years, is not they?
2: Yeah, it was fantastic. And Rondon is a player who's really enjoying his time at Newcastle. We just spoke to him there. Perfect. Um, some good quotes coming up from him uh, to follow, but really um, going forward now, Newcastle we've got to get three points against Burnley uh, and continue to climb the table
1: So away from, from Almiron, Almaron obviously a lot of other good performances you touched on, Iosea Perez, Salon, and Rondon there who scored the goals um, but I mean the three of them, Almiron, Perez Rondon, all Spanish speaking and it was the first time we really seen them together, but they look like they've been playing together for years.
2: Yeah, it could be a really good link up, uh, and the fact they can communicate uh, with each other straight away is, is really important. Obviously, Rafa said earlier that you know he can get his message across them very quickly in the dressing room, that's also big for them. Um, and with 11 games left, you're now looking forward to the run in rather than fearing it. and Newcastle pulled away from the relegation zone today I think Huddersfield are gone, I think Fulham are gone it's only one more place really but Newcastle probably, if they can get something out of the Burnley game, they're probably looking up the other direction and that's uh, got to be a good thing really for, for everybody you know, connected with Newcastle it is an emotional club as we know um, but hopefully it can be a happy run in rather than a tense one
1: I mean 2019 so far has been brilliant for Newcastle, there's been a lot of good performances, maybe not the results on the whole that we've wanted but there's been Positive performances more often than not. I mean, heading into that Burnley game, winning today. I mean, it's just it's just relieved so much pressure, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, it has. And you know, four points away from Southampton now. Hopefully, you know, they get a bad result at the weekend. Um, and you know, the two teams on Friday night lost. So things are starting to drop into place now for Newcastle. And hopefully, they can uh, just push on, you know, and have have that strong finish. You know, that I don't think tenth could be a, a big a big ask but will not get too carried away as long as they can cl- finish clear of the relegation zone with a few games left um, then I think that's going to be a magnificent achievement from Rafa and the players
1: and another man today who I thought was absolutely brilliant again was Sean Longstaff and he's someone that you've, you've, you've sung his praises all season even when at the start of the season you couldn't get a look in but you were saying oh, give this guy a chance he, he can be really good and I think Alan Shearer, and Jimmy and Genus have both come out tonight and said he was the best player on the pitch. He's really starting to stand out for Newcastle. He's gone from being probably fifth choice centre midfielder to the best centre midfielder of the club.
2: Yeah, first choice almost. Uh, yeah, I mean, today he could have capped his performance with a cracking goal. Uh, it would have been a goal a month contender for sure. But, you know, I haven't seen him come through the youth ranks. I know he's got goals in his lock, but I come. We haven't seen that's the scary thing. Yeah. We haven't seen the full um, profile of Sean Longstaff so far. He's doing what he's been asked to do at the minute, which is to sit and pass the ball and bring others into play. Once he gets the licence to go forward, I think we're going to see uh, the complete player, and newcastle got a hell of a star on the hands.
1: So when a when, when youngster comes through, you know, the, the, from fans and even from us as well. We, we like to hype up our youngsters because you know it, it, it's always it's always better to have a local lad in the in the first team. And you know, I was getting a few messages from friends today saying that on the on the commentary on like the Premier League World Feed and stuff like that they were even championing him for an England call up and I mean that's probably a long way off but you know the sky is the limit for Sean Longstaff isn't it
2: Well it is and with a manager like Rafa behind him he's got he's got every chance he's already told amazingly he hasn't had a youth cap with England which I find extraordinary haven't watched him come through the ranks uh, they've definitely missed one there they need to probably get him in the under 21 squad um, which is announced very soon uh, if not though it's Newcastle's game they can get him rested up for the rest of the season um, but yeah, I mean, if he keeps doing what he's doing, then you know a cap for for England um, is inevitable.
1: And just a word for Martin Dubravka, because obviously the last two Premier League games, he's made errors, but he has been absolutely fantastic since he joined Newcastle United. Um, I mean, he didn't have much to do today, but you know he came out and claimed a few crosses, and the fans were singing his name. I mean, it was good for him to kind of get the confidence back up and run again, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it was it was unfortunate what happened to him at Wolves. A lot was said. Um, I think there was a, you know, we we'll talk about emotions, there was a, a lot of emotional comments after that. Um, that's behind him now, he's got a clinch under his belt. Uh, he wasn't really tested today, but that doesn't matter. That Getting through the game and having the memory of this game, you know, to erase Wolves is probably a good thing. And uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be back to his uh, very best as soon as, um, probably in the next couple of games.
1: Well we've heard from Chief Sports writer uh, Lee Ryder and now joined by Newcastle United editor Mark Douglas and Newcastle United writer Chris Woff I mean just spoken to Lee there but that was an exciting Newcastle performance that I can remember in the Premier League under Rafa Benitez Very much so I I thought that
0: uh, early on actually Huddersfield came and you could see their game plan was to keep the ball and first 10-15 minutes Newcastle really didn't get that much possession but what was really inexplicable about the way Huddersfield came and played was that they played with a high line which was exactly what Newcastle wanted it allowed Almiron to really get in the game it allowed Rondon to, Newcastle was direct early on and they went through Rondon he flicked the ball on Perez uh, was was getting forward Almiron was getting forward and eventually uh, even though Newcastle weren't taking the chances I think that that's what forced the red card because Tommy Smith realised that Almiron kept on getting him behind he was going to a game at that moment and he went in with a very rash challenge and was rightly dismissed for the first, the first time an opposition player has been sent off against Newcastle in the Premier League in more than five years and at half-time it would have been easy for Newcastle to have come out and, and, and it been nervous and the second half, be a really turgid affair. But actually they got the goal after 59 seconds and that really helped them and really second half was was an exciting performance to watch because Newcastle were in total control, they were never not going to win the game and it was really just by how many. And in the end it was only two, but all around a very positive
1: day. And Mar, as Chris touched on there, an the opposing player was sent off against Newcastle for the first time in five years. Um, you know, there was performances all across the pitch that were absolutely excellent. It just seemed as if everything fell into place perfectly for Newcastle this afternoon.
3: Yeah, I thought, you know, we, let's be honest, we expected them to win the game today. Huddersfield are no great shakes. I mean, there's a reason why they're bottom of the league with 11 points. They don't have the quality, I think, to hurt teams. Um, but, we, but we know from bitter experience this season, sometimes when teams come and, uh, you know, Newcastle have to break them down. Newcastle haven't always had the... The answers to those questions, but I think what what today was was different, and and I think to be fair, you have to take your hat off to Miguel Almirón today because he was fearless on his debut. But Newcastle just had energy, they had invention, they, you know, the 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 pace that Almirón brought to the team was was absolutely. I think it had Huddersfield really really scared from the start you could see Tommy Smith obviously went in on Almiron. Um, but they, they didn't really know how to deal with um, deal with him so far. And obviously he's gonna have harder tests because, you know, I don't think Huddersfield think Huddersfield are like a championship team masquerading in the Premier League really and probably a mid table championship team at that, you know, looking at some of the teams in that division. But but he was really, really good and, and, and fair play to Rafa for his boldness actually starting him because there was a bit of debate about whether he would or not. Um, but I think now you can see why he did and and, and you know it was just a great day and what I think fans will go away thinking, a lot of this season has been a relentless grind. Even some of the wins have been difficult on the eye at times. You know, it's not always been, not always been good to watch. But I think Newcastle fans will have gone away today feeling that they've been entertained and seen a really good performance. And once again, we kind of move into spring, um, as we did last year, with people kind of maybe dreaming of possibility rather than, um, you know, kind of worrying and, and looking over their shoulder and kind of gnashing their teeth about transfer windows and stuff. And, we just have to hope that this time, you know, Newcastle build on it with the results and then hopefully off the field things start to be pieced together as well.
0: Just touching upon the Almiron starting thing, I always thought that he would for the simple reason that Benitez, I think he would have made it clear during the week if he wasn't going to start because there was so much anticipation going into the day. War flags had the banner fans were expecting to see him and a team sheet, we've seen it before where it can have a positive or a negative effect and if he hadn't been in the team I think there would have been a bit of deflation but instead, when everyone arrived at the ground there was suddenly excitement, there was anticipation you felt that early on, it gave everyone a boost and then as soon as Almiron did something positive I felt the, the atmosphere just cranked up a level and then once he'd had, hit the post in the 12th minute and then from then on, every time he got the ball the noise when he got it and then a stand ovation he received I think that Benitez played that well. He didn't. He didn't confirm he was going to start, so that built up the anticipation. And then when he was in the team, I think everyone arrived, and and that really, really helped
3: Newcastle do. He's just looked fearless, hasn't he? Since since he since his first kind of moment at Wolves, I think what's what's been really nice is you know that a lot of people were asking questions about his physicality, whether he'd be strong enough. But um, you know, I haven't seen any evidence really that physically he's not he's not ready for. He looks incredibly fit. I mean, I know he was taken off today. Um, Rafa said afterwards that was kind of a, just a precaution, effectively. But um, he was still running, wasn't he? he was still doing, still doing the business. He's got a great, um, he's got a great relationship with Rondon already. You can see they're kind of, you know, off the field they're they're becoming quite close, and on the field they look as if they're starting to to play as well. And it's lifted the, the it's lifted the levels of other players as well. Perez, I think, has has had a really good spell of games. He's playing really well. Scored today, deserved this goal, um, but also. You know, even when Kennedy came on, he looked, he looked more energetic today. I think he knows now that he, he's not the only player capable of bringing invention. And when you've got Almiron basically doing all the hard stuff off the ball, you know, Kennedy's got no excuse not to do it. So, again, you know, it's what we've been banging on about for months and months and months at Newcastle, you know, bringing one or two or three players with real quality who you do have to invest a bit of money in, but it, it pays dividends. You know, today's win, if that keeps them up. Um, you know, it's going to be worth millions. I mean, they're, they're going to probably make one hundred and thirty million pounds from the Premier League. You know, a seventeen million pound down payment on a player pays pays dividends.
1: I mean, pre match, Chris, he, he in the in his programme interview, Amaron spoke about the importance of the Spanish speaking players in the squad in helping him to integrate into this Newcastle side. And as Mark touched upon there, he played in the front three essentially alongside Jose Perez and Salman Rondon. And I mean, they look like they've played together for years, and that's really the first time we've seen the three of them in action in the Premier League. But I mean, they're linked up so brilliantly. There was twice Almiron played Perez in on goal. I mean, Almiron himself had four attempts on goal that I can remember that like, he almost scored. Ron Dontra scored in the first half, or he actually scored in the second half. I mean, how positive is that for Newcastle having a front three who already look like they're linking up so well?
0: It's really positive. I mean, first half. Almiron and Perez played a bit wider and <clears throat> as Newcastle tried to counter-attack early on Rondon, as I said, they went direct and he tried to flick it on and Almiron kept getting in behind second half, particularly once Kennedy came on it changed slightly and Perez went to a number 10 role and, and Almiron was a bit more central and the two of them it was if it was, it, Rondon was occupying defenders then the other two were finding gaps and Almiron kept playing Perez through and we saw then the vision as well as the pace that, uh, that Almirón brings and the communication is key. And I asked Rafa and uh, just put the quotes there and just saying to him how, how important is that. And he says, well, we can communicate with him in Spanish, but then you've got Rondon who can, uh, Perez who can. Also, you've got uh, Lejeune speaks Spanish, Fabian Cher speaks Spanish. So Newcastle have Spanish speakers throughout the team. That's really helped uh, Almirón integrate quickly and straight away he's brought a new dimension to the Newcastle side. Which hopefully this is just a glimpse of what's to come. We've seen a lot of. Uh, positive home debuts over the years. Not as many, uh, quite as as uh, exciting as today. But it, this is this is this is a start. It will get tougher for him. But I think that you can see that he is certainly going to bring that element of uh, unpredictability and ingenuity to the Newcastle side.
1: I mean, Mark. Look, this is just one game. But as Chris mentioned, there the impact he's made has left Newcastle fans so excited. And I mean, there was some question marks about him. I mean, there was some the criticism of him in the friendly last week against CSK in Moscow. He's come from the MLS and granted he was one of the best players in that in that league but the quality of that league is no one yet as good as the Premier League but i mean his desire to have the ball today his willingness to go past defenders i think he's already proven just today that you know he is genuine quality
3: yeah oh i think that i think that's that's the that's the pleasing thing isn't it because a player needs to get you know they need they need a good debut they need to get to get in front of the fans to show what they can do and, and you know it's 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 kind of nerve wracking for everybody, I think, when you when you um, you know, when you've taken a bit of a risk as I think Newcastle have with this player. Um, you know, if, if it takes him a bit of time to, to settle, you know, moves into next season, he doesn't can't quite nail down a starting slot and, and you never really see what the manager sees in him, it, it gets it gets a bit worrying and, and it goes on. We've seen it with Jacob Murphy. You know, he never Murphy's a good player, I think. There's a good player in there, but Murphy's never really had the chance. He's, it took him ages to, to get into the team. When he did get into the team, his first touches were, were not great. And I think, you know, the jury is still massively out on him. For Almiron, now, we've seen what he can do. We know that he's got a lot. I mean, Kennedy basically has had a terrible season, but he got the benefit of the doubt for four or five months this season because he did so well last season. And I think that's what it kind of buys you a bit of time. Um, but... I, I think the main thing for me with Almirón that that I really really liked was the the, the fearlessness. You know, I know there's uh, technically technically I think we, you could see there's a player in there, um, but it, it, it's this fearlessness. It's this idea that you know he's totally uncowed by uh, by what by what's what's happened to him. He's, it's been a whirlwind Premier League. You know, there's massive. I, I know Rafa said there wasn't much, any pressure on him uh, on his shoulders for for sort of investing in. In Almirón, but you can guarantee that if he hadn't, if he hadn't, if he didn't do it, that would be used as a stick to beat him because we've seen that in the past within the four walls of Newcastle United that some some of the players that he signed have been used against him when he then looks to 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 sort of bring in players. So it's really important that Almirón does well. Um, and I just feel like that that debut is is just it's just what the club needed. You know, there, there, there's been grey clouds over the club for so long, and a lot of them of their own making. But you know, it's been a grim season in terms of there's been nothing positive to talk about. The Almiron deal g- gave everybody a lift, but if he doesn't perform, then it suddenly looks like oh, you know, that, that another thing. But so this is a, a big day today, really, for Newcastle United, and I, and I feel like. You know, hopefully this is the start of a similar run to what they went on last season, and if they do that, um, you know the sky's the limit really, and and you've got to hope that if things start to piece together, it will have an impact on what Rafa decides to do at the end of the season because it will be difficult for he won't want to walk away from a team that he feels he's got in a decent position, and and today's team you felt maybe there were two there two or three players quality players short of having you know, a decent side that can that can compete in the top half of the table. Probably, you know, kick on a little bit more than that. But there may be a striker short, you know, long staff's coming through looking really, really, really good. Maybe they need a central midfielder to go to go alongside them. You know, maybe you know, they definitely need a striker. And then really you're looking at the team and thinking they need possibly two full backs as well. But it's not that far away, which is kind of what I've been trying to say all season. And I think Newcastle fans and we are as well, but Newcastle fans do tend to be. It's either you know either things are great or they're they're not brilliant, and that is, or they're terrible, and that I think is one of the beauties of working up here, and also one of the kind of problems is we don't have much perspective, do we? Because we you know we are invested in this football club so heavily um, that we don't have much perspective. I think to take a step back, um, and you know. They don't look to me like a team that's going to get relegated. They haven't looked to me like a team that's going to get relegated since kind of Christmas, really. Um, you know, even before then, they've, not, they've only lost once to the team in the bottom eight this year. Um, they've really, all their defeats have come against the teams at the top of the table because they're not quite good enough to compete against them. Um, but I think today you saw the difference between a team destined for the championship and a team that should stay up pretty comfortably,
1: hopefully. How vindicated do you think Rafael feel and Chris Because as Mark mentioned there he, he, He's wanted Almiron for so long He fought so hard in January To make sure that Almiron deal went through In the summer Salman Sol- Rondon was his man He got that deal over the line Granted it's on a loan deal But he scored the goals that you know ultimately looked like It's going to seal Newcastle's survival in the Premier League The two men he's desperately wanted have Both come in and performed brilliantly
0: and also, I think someone who is influential and has been influential so far in 2019 is another player Rafa wanted and signed 18 months ago, and that's Florian Lejeune. I think it was over, almost overlooked in the first half of the season how important he was, and today he was so important again. It's, it's his ability to move the play from from front to back. He's so composed on the ball, and Pearson Newcastle did a, a move that had been practised on the training ground out in Spain, or at least some variation of it, where Lejeune switched it. Uh, from left to right, Yedlin eventually got the ball in box and, and eventually Rondon turned and scored. I mean, when Rondon scores, Newcastle don't lose. I think it's 14 points they've collected now uh, when Rondon scored. He's been influential and Almiron already has, has made a significant impact. And Benitez has basically said, it's not just when Armiron first signed. Look, we haven't signed him just for the next six months. We've signed him for five and a five-and-a-half-year contract. He's going to be here for the long term. But you've already seen what he can potentially bring. And so yeah, Benitez will point to these and say, look, if you if you just give me the licence to go out and get the players I want, this is this is what I can do. The club will probably respond with where well, you look at the team sheet today, some of the signs he's brought in, the likes of Mudo and and others weren't even on the bench. But that's also because Newcastle now have strength and depth, But but their depth. Benitez wants options, they have a fully fit squad just about just a couple of players out injured. And the likes of Dubravka as well, I mean, he, was, he, was, he didn't really have that much to do, but yes, he's had a difficult few weeks, but the impact he's had over the 13 months he's been here, these are all players Rafa identified, and or a scouting team identified, he would tell you, and he just needs to be, be given a bit more licence on that, and if he is, then I think that there is a willingness from the state, because as Mark says, he's, he's building the core of a team, if he went somewhere else, he'd have to start again, Almiron wasn't just signed because... He brings a creative spark who's also signed because he's a good character and because of what he does off the ball. We saw some of that today. And so Benitez has the core of the squad that he wants. He just wants to add to it over time. And and if he can do that, if Newcastle can just come a little further towards his way, then I can I can see him staying. But there still needs to be a bit bit more comes from the Newcastle board on that one.
1: And I mean that's where the frustration lies among the supporters, isn't it? Because, you know, it's obvious to everybody that this is a team that can only improve. There's a lot of young youngsters in there. You know, Sean Longstaff's come through, and been absolutely fantastic. You look at the likes of Jamal Lasells, who's still young. Uh, mix that in with the experience of the likes of Rondon, Federico Fernandez, Kiso, Young. That as you both pointing out here, yeah, they've got the ingredients of a very good squad, and for Rafa Benitez to leave in the summer will be disastrous.
3: Yeah, I think that's the the huge frustration. I think that part of the reason for the massive discontent with what with what is going on is that. There's been this long period, I think, of Newcastle fans say, you know, almost say to the board, don't do do not let this massive cruise liner go into this iceberg ahead of you, which is letting Rafa go. You know, don't do it. And it's been this slow sort of chugging towards this, you know, terrible position that Newcastle fans fear, which is that, you know, look, we're all going to get sunk by the fact that Rafa's going to walk at the end of the season because every win that they get, every... Every time that you know Newcastle starts to look a bit better and, and Rafa turns it around, he becomes a better commodity for other Premier League clubs as well. So, you know, it, I think there's a, there's a feeling amongst the fans that, you know, the, the board, and I think the feeling for Rafa sometimes as well, that the board aren't, they don't, they don't give him, you know, they don't give him enough credit. They're not as, you know, they don't realise what they've got sometimes in Rafa. Now the board would say, sorry, Lee Charlie and Mike Astley would say, well, we do because we pay him the level of an elite manager, and they do, you know, they are one. Of the, he is one of the best-paid managers in the Premier League. So, personally, I think he's he's well well remunerated, he's well rewarded. But I think he wants something more. He wants something more fulfilling, and he, he will want. I mean, he said today in Mark hasn't he that he wants or Master sorry he said, he, said that he wants a project, and he wants some something with ambition. Now, what he means by that, I don't think he expects them to spend to spend massively. If you speak to the board, they would say that he has got a pretty. Long list of wish lists than it, and it's quite an extensive one. And you know they can't deliver everything, and and they would sort of argue that like, you know, some of the things that he's asked for are undeliverable in the current form. But meet him in the middle, meet him in the middle, and and give him Almiron. Now I think you know buying Almiron was was significant because it was a down payment on, on you know it was them saying to him you know look we do believe in you because we're going to go and sign this guy who, you know I think they had reservations about and thought. What happens if we get relegated? What happens if he doesn't do it? He's you know going to be worth a quarter of what we paid for him and all that. But that, but that's what they've got to do now to to keep him. And you know, I, we just hope. I think. I think. I just hope that this this project is given a little bit is given a little bit longer because you know it's it's unthinkable really that they come back next season with with a different manager because I don't think whoever gets the job is if Raf, when Rafa goes is they're they on a hiding to hide into nothing it just, does, it just doesn't work because this is a crowd that has massive faith in Rafa which, which lasted through harder times this season I think than they had last season as well um, and it's such a potent force you can see look the atmosphere's not been great generally this season but it doesn't take much for it to turn at Newcastle in, in Rafa's favour now and you know I, 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 the, my worry is that I don't sometimes hear the ball talking the way I'd like to hear them talk you know, I'd like to hear them really get down, you know, and speak to Rafa about what he, what he needs and, and, and really saying to him, you know, look, this is, we want you to stay. We want you to stay. I think sometimes he gets the message that they want him to stay by contract offers, but they need to sit down with him and really work out how they can fulfill his vision. And, and, and you know, it shouldn't be that difficult. He wants to stay. He's a difficult man to work with as a as a boss. I think everybody knows that. And I, 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 look, we have to be honest here. I know fans will not want to hear this, but he is a difficult man to work with. I think he is. He's he pushes them all the time, and you know, it, at other clubs he might not have even lasted this long because board don't sometimes like to be told that they're doing things wrong. But you can see what he does for Newcastle United. If he's still here next season, you'd be playing in front of full houses. You'd hope they might have one or two more quality players in and we can really have a go at it next season. The alternative is just this terrible, terrible scenario, but every win, I think, is a positive for Newcastle. Almiron doing well in his debut is a positive for the whole off-the-field situation because it it illustrates to Ashley, it illustrates to Charnley, it illustrates to Rafa as well that this can work, this dysfunctional relationship can be kind of patched together and, and kick on, but um, we just hope that there's, you know, the sooner they get safety, the sooner they can start to talk about the future again, and hopefully this time they will actually uh, they will actually come to a come to an agreement. I don't think it's it's beyond the realms of possibility. I know there's a lot of negativity around, and we, you know, some of it on social media is a bit silly. If you ask me, I think some of it is manufactured. If I'm being honest, some of it is manufactured and not true. There's there's some nonsense that's spoken on there. If I'm being honest, and I've seen that this season, and it it doesn't do anybody any favors. Some of it's absolutely accurate, um, but it, it's you know they're not that far away from being a you know a good you know a really good Premier League or a solid Premier League team again. Um, so we just have to hope that that that, that, that happens because the takeover's not going to happen. You know I don't think that we're anywhere close to that so just get around the table with Rafa sort it out we can move on
1: I mean I'm conscious Chris that so this is turning into a bit of a podcast about Rafa and his future but I mean it is all relative and we know a big thing he wants is an improvement in the academy and you know he can point to the, the, the rise of Sean Longstaff as an example of what that can bring if you do put the investment in the academy. I mean, again today, probably slightly understated because of the performances of Almiron, Perez and Rondon, but he was absolutely fantastic in midfield yet again and you know his stars constantly on the rise. He was
0: excellent. I just What I like most about him, like I tweeted during the first half, is that there was a couple of times where Cher gave the ball away, Richie gave the ball away, and then Longstaff just gets it and it's so composed, he makes sure that when he needs to, he just finds a teammate with the pass. It doesn't have to be a fancy pass, uh, but you just at Newcastle keep possession. He recycles it, but then he can expand and expand play. He can spread it wide, and, and he had that shot, which was so unlucky. It was a really good effort that hit the outside of the post. But I also think that Isaac Hayden's been excellent the last few yeah. weeks. I think that's almost been overlooked and rightly because because Longstaff's receiving the praise, but that's almost uh, overshadows showed, uh, overshadowed what uh, Hayden's doing. I, I wasn't sure that he would start Hayden today, but he did and. Hayden is shown an element to his game I didn't really know he had, he's linking between the midfield and the attack, the amount of times he crossed the ball today, he was in the penalty area a couple of times and helped create the Newcastle goals so I was was impressed by him but yeah the long staff point is is what Rafa keeps saying, he talks about Dummit, he talks about long staff and he says if we have to get the academy up to the shape that I want it to be then in theory every 18 months two years we'll have at least one player who comes through and then that's someone you don't have to spend X amount of millions on and then that leaves additional funds to be able to spend on, on, on other players and, or to invest elsewhere in the club and th- this is all part of his vision and as Mark says I think wins are vital for all this for Rafa Benito's future the more they win the higher they finish up the table uh, the more likely it is that the board are going to have to come saying look actually this guy can take us where we want I thought it was interesting during the first half just how animated Rafa was on the touchline. I've never really seen him like that in a game where it was still nil-nil. And from the very, He was on the touchline from the very first minute. And he looked, it looked like he had nervous energy, which he doesn't usually have. Yes, he's usually there coaching the players. But I think he realised that this game was significant. The Castle had to win today because of where Huddersfield are and given the psychological impact it could have. And they delivered it. And now hopefully... Uh, there can be a positive future both on and off the field for Newcastle, but this is just the first step towards it.
3: Yeah. it, it like the, the the reason I feel a little bit more optimistic because I, I didn't I feared that they wouldn't even go out and sign Almir on because the, the things were so long. Think there was such a um, congestion seemingly in decision making and all of that. Um, and that was you know that for me I felt like you know we know Justin Barnes has a big impact on on the penny you know the bottom line and and the club say that he isn't influential but you know I don't believe that I think that he does he does he is charged with studying these deals um the finances of these these deals and I think that that's why some of these deals ha- don't happen um so I feared that we would get to the end of January they wouldn't they'd maybe bring in a loan or something like that the fact that the deal got done made me think that there could be some movement on you know on, on things that Rafa wants um I never trust Mike Ashley to do the right thing because we've been here a long time, and he doesn't always do the right thing, to say the to say the least. But you know, it, it, it's just a question now. I think of getting through to safety as early as they can, and you know, we have a we have a football club here that needs Rafa Benitez to stay. It needs Rafa to stay. It needs it, it, It's so much easier for the sake of whatever it is that they can work towards you know, it doesn't bear thinking about it. It would, it would almost be, you know, almost be a kind of kamikaze. It would, you know, it would almost be thumbing their nose up at the, the logic again, you know, and, and I don't think they've ever done that specifically. And you know, I don't think they've ever been as confrontational as they would be if Rafa left. I think that would be, to me, just flying in the face of all logic. Um, you know, they, they do dig their heels in here, but they, but in terms of actually self-harm, I'm not sure. Although that's the perception sometimes that they they do things to piss the supporters off. I'm sorry, but that's the perception, isn't it? Sometimes that they do that, they do things. But that's not that's not what they do. They don't they don't do that. They do things in their own way, and they feel like we don't have to justify what we do to other people. But um, you know, this is a slam dunk for them. It's a slam dunk. Get this. Get the man to sign the contract. Get him. Sign up for another year, and everything's all the other issues suddenly become obsolete. I think you know they're still there in the background, and I'm sure people will still will still make the point about Ashley, but it becomes a lot less pressing. Nobody's talking about it like they didn't in the championship season. Nobody's talking about the problems off the field with the stadium and all those kind of things. People still will talk about it, but all they care about is days like today, isn't it? Let's be honest. That's what a football clubs here for. And if you can solve the raffle problem, all that other stuff, although it's still there, becomes much, much less relevant. Nobody's talking about Keith Bishop or nonsense like that, which we've had to kind of talk about all season. They're just talking about the match. And that's what we want. That's what we want. We, everybody wants to be talking about the match and being positive and having an ambitious football club again.
1: And, uh, you know, let's hope that that's where it goes. Because today
3: was good fun, wasn't it?
1: I'll try and bring it back towards the match then. If you want. <laughs> Just to kind of finish off on a couple of the questions, I mean, Chris, I want to touch on something you said before about Isaac Hayden and Sean Longstaff. And I mean, at the start of the year, Isaac Hayden was probably unpopular among the support because he wanted to leave. And I mean, we can all sympathise why he wants to leave. It's for family reasons and, you know, that's, it's, 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 it's nothing else aside from that. That's why he wants to leave the club. Um, but I mean, him and Longstaff were probably the fourth and fifth choice midfielders throughout this whole season. They started the Day I mean, if you haven't listened to Sean Longstaff, if you're going to be with Newcastle on um, Thursday evening, it's really good. I recommend it. But he spoke then about the importance of Isaac Hayden in terms of his development in in the first team and how he's helped him settle in and he's been there for him to give it to give advice. And I mean, now obviously he is probably going to leave in the summer because you know this situation isn't going to go away. He needs to leave for family reasons, but it's now getting to a point where it's going to be a blow, isn't it? Because you could argue that those two are now Newcastle's first-choice center midfield pairing.
0: Yeah, the thing I've always liked most about uh, Isaac Hayden and what I'd almost forgotten during the first half of the season when we didn't really see him <clears throat> was just how intelligent and articulate a person he is as well as, well as a footballer. So we spoke to him uh, roundabout when he came back into the team and just, just speaking to him is refreshing. He, he doesn't just give the generic line, he's honest. He's been honest all the way through in saying that he wants to go for family reasons and some fans didn't take that well and I can understand why to a degree but every time he, he's, he's worn the shirt in the last few months since he's got his head round it I think Cardiff away was slightly different that was still early on There was I don't think he quite knew how to deal with, deal with it then but he had a bit of time out with the team and since he's come back in he's just he's been excellent I think he's been consistently excellent and he really has helped help Longstaff, and Longstaff spoke about that, and I think the two each other quite well, because I wasn't sure when they first got into the team how it would work, would they be able to play well together, and over a period when Newcastle have beaten the likes of Man City, gone to Spurs and run them close, Wolves as well, where they should have won, defeated Cardiff, also won here today against Huddersfield, those two have been absolutely crucial, and for now, the others have got to fight to get back in the team, Kay was on the bench, didn't come on, Diarmé wasn't on the bench that wasn't because of a, a new injury or I think Rafferet is trying to manage that injury to a certain degree and then Shelby is getting close to return but at the moment you can't necessarily see him come back into the team on, on form those two deserve to be in there and it will be a blow if Hayden leaves but for now Newcastle just need to try and get the maximum they can out of him between now and the end of the season because every time he is playing he's, done, he's doing very very well and, and Longstaff just keeps getting better and better and I still don't think we've quite seen everything he can bring he's been doing the more deep lying golden rule, but I think he can play a little bit further forward if they cast decide on that, see if he was to play alongside De or someone.
3: I wonder if they'll try and keep him at the end of the season they'll try and do something because they've done it for two years and 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 you know, I know he's he has got these family family issues and things, but you know, they've kept him for it's it's different, isn't it? It's like the family issues are really important when he's not playing. Um, but if he's playing and playing here as opposed to wherever he was gonna go, Aston Villa potentially you know, can can he work can he do something, you know, c can you it's a long time, isn't it, three or four months. I, I wonder whether they could whether they could keep him, you know, I, I think the family issues are really important when you're not playing and you're not the first you're not first choice because professionally you're not getting anything in the personal life personal side of it's really important as well. But I wonder whether they could I wonder whether they could persuade him. I wonder Well what was interesting at the
0: start of the season when all the stuff first came out that he wanted to go, I remember sitting down with Rafa and asking him about it. And he was saying, look, I've I've said to Isaac, he, he can play for England if he if he plays regularly. And I, all, all of us sitting in the press conference sort of looked at each other and thinking, well, I mean, he hasn't even been a regular in the Newcastle team. But actually, over the last few weeks, I've seen what he means. I mean, yes, England are starting to get a lot of youngsters come through, but there's not too many in the Isaac Hayden mould who could play in that in that role. And the more he plays for Newcastle, the the, the more he'll go into, into the limelight. Like there was everyone was talking about Shelby last season. Well, it's probably. Longstaff is, is the player everyone talks about now but I can see that, that, that Hayden will be the sort of player the England manager would look at primarily because he's come through the system he's played for the under 21s and Southgate seems to look at players who've already been in the system and <clears throat> he's more likely to do that at a club like Newcastle than if he goes to someone in the Championship so maybe there is a way of persuading him there but I, I, I have to be honest at the time I was surprised when Rafa said it but since I can see where he's coming from I'm not saying he should be in the England squad I'm just saying I can see now why Rafa was trying to convince him that look if you stay here and play well he could be in the national thinking
1: and just a point on the national thinking I mean a couple of friends were texting me during the game today, saying that the, the, the Premier League live feed that they were watching the game on that kind of said that the commentary was kind of big enough Sean long and saying you know England could do a lot worse I mean like, to me that's still a long way off because he's only just broken into the Newcastle first team but as you said there about getting into the system I mean both of you can answer this one do you think it's a case of you'll have to go for the under-21s first because he's still eligible to play for the under-21s? They've got a European Championship coming in the mm-hmm. summer. That could be an essential experience for Longstaff going forward, yeah, just getting I, that kind of setup. I up.
3: Think, I think that I think he probably will, he will be in the, in the under-21s first, but you've seen with Gareth Southgate that he's not afraid to, to put somebody in if, yeah. if he feels... you know It's not about playing games. It's For him, it's, it's more about like, whether he can see him fitting into his team. And I could see Longstaff... Being in that that kind of group because they are you know it's all about it's all about a kind of group isn't it a squad that that a team that's better than some of its parts and Longstaff's doing that, that kind of job at, here at Newcastle. That. I think you know who they got in midfield at the moment. Yeah, I mean obviously there's Loftus Cheek who's who's in there but not playing can't get can't get in. Um, you know you look at it and think well there's I mean there's Jesse Lingard isn't there in there there's. There's a few players in there who who haven't really had a great season. Then, you know, they may be showing a few of their exertions from uh, from last season and, and Longstar, I don't think Longstar's ever gonna be a superstar. he's never gonna be like somebody who Newcastle sorry to who England will kind of say, oh wow. But I I watched Jordan Henderson when he was first at Sunderland and he came back from Coventry on loan and um, you just you could see he had something, but I never thought he'd go on to be Liverpool and England captain but he was a player who just technically he was really good but fit, his fitness was absolutely incredible and he just learned every week he felt like he just was playing under managers who would, te- would teach him and teach him and he just got better and better and better and there was a lot of more talented players who kind of went down a corner sack and this is, this is the thing with Longstaff isn't it he's just, he's just getting better with every week he's played against some really good players held his own um, and I could see he's a kind of Henderson style player I think he's actually better than Henderson in front of a goal that we saw today that was the first time we've seen him really unleash you know a, a, have, a, have a shot from a long distance in the Premier League obviously scored against Blackpool but um, you know he can add goals to his game he does, he does have that about him and you know I've got to say I, I, we've been doing these podcasts all season and Lee Ryder's been
1: yeah.
3: talking about long staff all season he's been saying he should play when let's be honest I don't think anybody else was saying that um, and he's seen him play a lot and you know obviously the lad's got the lad's got immense talent and potential um, so I, you know I, he'll definitely be in the end of 21s and the good thing for him is he's got a manager in Gareth Southgate who's not going to be afraid to to put him in if he feels like he keeps playing um, I mean it's a massive that, that's a, that is a huge plus for Newcastle since the turn of the year massive that, that he's come in and looked like a Premier League player that's that, I mean that's big for a whole load of reasons I think another one sorry I, I could come back to Rafa's future but it's another one where you know, Ashley will be, you know, pound signs will be, you know, lighting up in his face, not to sell him necessarily, but just because that saved them how much money in the, in the transfer market. And it's another thing where Rafa can go in and say, look, I will play these kids if they're good enough. Um, and apparently his brother's pretty good as well, and he tells me. So hopefully, you know, you might have two, two brothers in there as well. That would be something. But yeah, another really big plus, this is Longstaff, another massive plus for Newcastle.
1: I mean, the future's bright for Sean Longstaff, but we'll just finish this podcast now. We're just looking ahead to the Burnley game very briefly. I mean, Andy Musgrove's going to do a podcast ahead of that game on Monday. So all we'll he loves his podcast. Loves it, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to dwell on it too much. But I mean, again, to both of you, you guys, you can answer this one. Getting the three points today, I think mean, we all said that it was a four-point minimum out of these two home games. Looking ahead into that game now, the, the, the pressure's kind of off in a sense that they've got this win it's not as important now to go on and win that Burnley game although we'd love them to, to capitalise on the winter today and carry the momentum on
0: Yeah it's an interesting one now because obviously Burnley won earlier which is to a certain degree probably an unexpected result even though they're in good form but in some ways that's a negative for Newcastle because they'll come here positive haven't beaten Spurs and in good form but at the same time for them that is a significant win as well and the the pressure's off them to a certain degree so they're not coming to Newcastle thinking we now have to win this so uh, yeah, it's it, it's a it's a hard one to call about Newcastle. Suddenly, their home form is First half of the season, they didn't win until November. I think they lost eight games at, at St James's Park, and playing here was a bit of a burden for them. And you, you fancied them all away from home. Now it's three wins in a row at St James's Park. First time they've done that since last April when i went on the run again after uh, having come back from Spain. So now there is a there is a positivity here. That the, the atmosphere feels different at St James's Park so I, I I certainly fancy them to, to get a positive result do I think they'll win I, at the moment if you, if you push me I think it'll probably be a draw but I don't think that's a terrible result they've got the three points they needed today now it's about building if, you, if you'd offered most fans four points in these two matches before and I think they probably would have taken them so uh, I, I, at the moment I'm, I, I'm thinking a draw and I think that that's probably the way Benitez will look at it as well just make sure you don't lose that one if you take four points in these two games then, then
3: that's been a positive week all around yeah, I think Burnley's a harder game than today because they've run into a bit of form, haven't they? And they're really difficult to break down, um, especially away from home. They, they you know, they, they've made themselves really hard to beat again. But um, you know, the good thing is Newcastle are going into it on a, in, in a bit of form. I think it'd be a different, I mean, it be a totally different challenge. But maybe the same team because it's it's that kind of openness. You know, if you really go after them early on, then then you can you can get you can get at Burnley. I mean, we saw Newcastle did it did it in the away game. Um, But if they win that, I think they're very close to being safe because Fulham, they're now, what, they've got 11 points on Fulham? Is it 11 points? Something something I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I mean, Huddersfield gone, um, but then Fulham are nearly gone. Fulham are nearly gone because they don't look like they could win a raffle at the moment. Cardiff then lost, you know, or Southampton, Cardiff. You know, you're putting putting teams below you. I've just seen Palace have just uh, being equalised by Leicester as well you know you're starting to think that that, that that's it's starting to look good for Newcastle I don't think Burnley will go down and if they get anything out of that game but they could could easily go and win it I mean they've won the last three at home so the home form's really good Um, so I think they've got a big 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 opportunity again on on Tuesday the the crowd will be jumping I think you'll get a good attendance now on on Tuesday as well and there's a big feel good factor around the club again which is um, you know which is really fantastic because it hasn't felt like that all season really until the last three
1: or four weeks. I'm going to end it there because we're being chased out of the, the interview we yeah, in the press room at St James's Pop but a really enjoyable podcast guys thanks for sharing your views um, we'll be back on Monday with the preview podcast ahead of that Burnley game as I said Andrew Musgrove will be hosting that with I'd imagine will be speaking to you Chris as well as Lee Ryder so um, please join us again for that in the meantime we'll have all the reactions to today's win on Chronicle Live, and all the build up to that Burnley game as well so thanks for joining us guys and we'll, we'll see you again soon.